Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Here we go, boys. Go. Oh, I love that sound. This is a good one. And go. And go. Welcome to Waterfall Wednesday. I'm your host, Nick J. Hi, I'm Dale. Dale. Today we're going to be talking about shotguns, waterfall shotguns. And uh, I get a lot of questions about these through like my social media and that sort of thing because I have been shooting a 20 gauge for the last couple seasons. Weirdo. And uh, <laughs> I actually bought it because I got real into pigeon hunting four or five years back. And uh, I love clay target shooting in the summer. Who doesn't? Some sporting clays down at like the horse and hunt club. Yeah. Love doing that. Sporting clays is awful fun. God damn, is it fun? The horse and hunt club kicks ass too. If you're ever, uh, if you're within driving distance of Prior Lake, I highly recommend it. Best place too to take a beginner because you walk through the stations without anybody else but you guys. Do they change those stations up? Because I haven't been there in like. Yeah, they do actually. Well over a decade. Do they still have like the, the one that that gave me fits was uh it was a rough grouse like rabbit run or something. It was oh called. yeah, yeah. One rolls on the ground and the other one's just like super low, super fast. Yeah, so that one's the grouse, and the one on the ground is the rabbit, obviously, because that thing bounces and takes weird <laughs> yeah. little hops. Like, holy shit, that was hard. You know, they have, like, uh, four or five different uh, walk-through sporting clay courses. I think one's, like, waterfall, one's upland, one's, uh, like, the cliffs or the hills, they call it. Then they got the USA course, and they got the Minnesota course. There was one back in the day, it was, I think it was called, like, Settling Woody, where they act the clays actually kind of came at you and kind of floated down that's a lot harder than you think oh like hell that, yeah that lead as it's coming at you and they're falling like that's a oh you can't you cannot hit all of those stations one. probably in like two or three different visits but i mean comparatively it's um i, I think it's a great value for it, what it costs it's a little bit more expensive than shooting like trap but you are getting so much more time just like meandering around um they give you a credit card like you buy 50 clays they give you a credit card with 50 clays on it. You could take like a beginner. It's you and whoever you want. This is why I say bring beginners there because you go through the courses independently. And you can go up, slap that credit card down, and now it's just you can take the time be like, hey, here's how it's going to come. There's no pressure. There's no audience watching so have you. Have you gone up to Wings North at all? No, I haven't. Check that out. Chad, I should. Chad, Chad Hughes, he's awesome dude I really yeah on the podcast he's no that would be great sweet. i'd love to check that place out i love walk through sporting clay courses 
And um, anyways, all right, back well, to shotguns. <laughs> back to shotguns. Yeah, go check out the Horse and Hunt Club, I guns. guess. <laughs> yeah, guns. Um, but yeah, so I'm shooting a 20 gauge, and I'm getting questions all the time, like, "Do you shoot that for big geese?" And the answer is yes, absolutely, I do. <laughs> yes. I got, and I didn't intend to, but I got that 20 gauge for, um, you know, for clay pigeons. I got it for pigeons. And then the waterfall season rolled around, and I just uh, didn't want to clean my 12-gauge. And <laughs> I won a case of uh, Black Cloud at a calling contest somewhere, and I was like, yeah, make a 20-gauge. And uh, I started shooting ducks and geese with it, and uh, I never once shot – I haven't shot my 12-gauge since. Like, why? Just less recoil, lighter, <laughs> easier to swing? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, it's going to hit birds exactly the same – as a 12 gauge is. I mean, a number two steel pellet coming out of a 20 gauge at 1400 feet per second is going to hit the bird exactly the same as a 12 gauge number two coming out of a barrel at 1400 feet per second. You just have less BBs. You just have less of them. So you got to be a little bit more uh, diligent about making sure you have good pattern on your shotgun. Got to be on them. Hashtag on them. Hashtag on them. And when I say good pattern, I don't mean uh, tight. I hate, I'm not, I don't hate. Tight patterns are not good patterns. You want to have even distribution on your board. You know, whatever range you're putting your choke in there for, you know, if it's, you know, your modified choke or your improved cylinder. Benelli chokes, I shoot a Benelli M2. Benelli chokes run a little tight. So, like, a modified is more closer to, like, an improved modified or a full. And an improved cylinder is more kind of like a... Do you swap out your chokes? Yes, I do. Yeah. If I you are, if you aren't... If <laughs> I don't. You I mean... I, I put a pattern master like extended range in there, however long. Oh, that's so and common. That thing lives there, man. That's so so common to hear. <laughs> so like I shoot one choke. Well, wood ducks or teal or. <laughs> if you want to hit more of your birds and you want to have a bigger pile and less misses, it's important you're switching chokes out um, for the intended purpose of the not, day. Not to be a braggart, but I don't miss much. Mm-hmm. You, well, you would miss, miss less. Miss even less. And also, <clears throat> dude, I've seen it too where people are shooting these ultra-tight chokes at decoying birds. Your pattern's too tight, and they're like, well, I hit them or I miss them. No, you blow the fucking Crush them or, yeah. you blow the fucking wingtips off a lot of times, and then you just got a, a bird running around completely healthy. Like I've seen like a lot of crippling as a result of too tight of a pattern because mm. you're only hitting one spot on the bird. Like you want to cover it up right. from head to tail, wingtip to wingtip. You want to have a nice even distribution of pellets. And what you're looking for, I think, is I think what I read about nine or twelve hits is really what you want. Like nine or twelve pellets inside of that duck on that thirty inch circle. You do have me um, with that last one we did, or not the last one, but the the one we did on uh, the premium shot. Mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to get some of that and and pattern it and see if definitely how they do because that just that just made such a ton of sense. And I've seen it, uh, and I'm sure I mentioned this in that podcast, and I'll just recap it real quick. But if you start looking at um, – because some of that shot's expensive. I get that. There's sticker sticker shock. But if you start thinking about dollar spent per bird in hand, it might not be as bad as you think. Because when I buy Winchester Experts out of my gun, those things are trash. And like I said, I'm a pretty good shot. But – my efficacy just plummets when I shoot that stuff. So, and I've patterned it. I've actually patterned it on paper, and it is god awful. Really? It's like how I ever kill anything. It's one of those. Like when I patterned it and I walked up and I counted, I'm like, 
What the fuck? And was they, I even hitting? Where was I aiming? Holy shit. And they even say that, uh, that different shot shells are going to pattern differently out of, um, out of the same gun. So you have a Benelli M2, I have a Benelli M2, and it's possible that, um, you know, I'm getting right. great patterns out of black clouds. You're getting garbage ones right. out of yep. black clouds. Yep. Like each gun's kind of individualized. Yeah, I've heard that too. And it doesn't make model doesn't matter. It's like just like I said, same thing. You <clears> should <throat> both buy them right off the shelf, right after each other, and they'll shoot different. That's true too. I mean, it might be bullshit, but anything that encourages people to pattern their guns, I'm gonna just promote. Yeah. I'll parrot it, yeah. I guess. You know, like yeah. pattern your damn gun. You know, make. Well, it's just important to know what it what it's capable of, what it does. It's going to make you a better shot. Absolutely. And switching your chokes out and using eh, the... I don't know about that. That <laughs> sounds like a lot of work. So, I mean, like, when it comes to, like, a lead seven and a half shot, you know, you get, uh, like, an ounce and a quarter load, you're looking at, like, 700 pellets plus, or five, or like, six six to 700, I think, in that range. So you can all of a sudden spread that way out to get this even distribution that you're looking for. And, I mean, you can have a much larger pattern that's just as effective or more effective than a tighter pattern. When, now, when you're dropping it down to like an ounce and a quarter of steel twos and you're looking at 150 pellets, you need to have a much tighter pattern on 150 pellets to get it evenly distributed sure. around your circle. So you can, a lot of uh, um, pigeon hunts or any time I'm using, like I'm doing decoy hunting with lead seven and a halfs, I'm looking at using like a skeet choke. I, I might tighten it down to an improved cylinder. Because, I mean, if it's... Uh, you know, decoying close shots, 20 yards. I want to get maximum birds on the ground. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like, if I'm doing, yeah, pigeon hunt for sure, I would probably swap my chalk out. I probably wouldn't because I'm lazy. But in theory, I would <laughs> In theory, yeah. But I, 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 a lot of people, what choke do I get? What choke do I get? What choke do I get? You see that talked about endlessly. And I've I, had guys in the field, clients this last year, in the field swapping out chokes throughout the day. Like, oh, I'm just not hitting them with this one. And I'm like. Well, you don't know – a lot of those times those guys don't know what that choke pattern's <laughs> like. I know, a, I'm like, are you sure that's why you're missing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, um, damn it, you threw me off my train Sorry. of thought. Well, damn. this whole podcast or this this episode hasn't even we, – we're going to talk about guns and we right. talk about shots and chokes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we're just kind of covering the whole gun basis yeah, here. ballistics. And um, so, anyways, I shoot that 20-gauge. People are like, does that kill geese? Hell, yeah, it does, man. I, I – I pay attention to my patterns. I'm either using like an improved cylinder. Stock chokes usually, I, I like to say, if you bought a quality gun, you've got quality chokes that came with it. I mean, you don't really need to spend the 150 bucks on a choke tube if you don't even know what your stock chokes are capable of doing. And put them on paper. Maybe you could spend that $150 on more decoys or another spinner, something that's actually going to improve your hunting. You know, it's all about, for me, I don't have a lot of... Uh, additional income you could say you know like i don't i want to make sure i'm spending every dollar in a way that actually improves my my hunting success well, don't do that don't definitely get a different choke if you're running a stoger and yeah if you're getting a low lower quality gun the chokes that come with it are lower quality you might actually want to start looking into i mine was like few i couldn't get it out I actually had to send it to the shop for them to take it out and you know with like um you the pros and cons of getting like a pump versus a semi-automatic obviously semi-automatic is going to just make you a better shot there's a lot of different things going on in a semi-auto that that affect that number one it reduces the recoil off a pump and uh you're going to have faster follow-up shots which is a reason another reason i went to a 20 gauge another reason i went to a 20 gauge is because i lost a lot of weight 
so I was down in like that 140 range and a 12 gauge is just going to kick me harder than somebody who weighs 225 pounds. Sure. So if you put a gun up against a brick wall and shoot it, obviously the brick wall doesn't move, but put it up against a pillow, the pillow's going, <laughs> the pillow's going flying. So the less you weigh, the more recoil affects you. So like when it comes to kids, people say, what's the right age to have my kids start shooting a 12 gauge? I don't go by age. I go by weight. So like, you know, if you're in that 100 to 140 pound range, probably 20 gauge is going to work better for you. 150 to 175, 200, three inch 12 gauge will be all right. Probably 225 and up. I mean, you're probably going to be okay shooting the three and a half inch loads, which I never fucked with because I was in like the 170 range at my heaviest. You're hunting those refuges though. You need a 10 gauge, bro. Some 10 gauges don't kick very much though. The <laughs> SP10, that thing. Because they're heavy. Yeah, 14 pounds gas yeah. operated. And, and uh, who wants to swing that thing? Fuck. And that. you mentioned like Stogers and that sort of thing. The one question that's always getting brought up is what gun do you guys recommend? And every, there's people out there that have good luck and bad luck with literally every fucking shotgun out there. But in my experience, there's three brands of guns that are workhorses that just seem to outclass everything. That's Berettas, Benelli's, and the Super X series from Winchester. That those you know Super X one two three or four take your pick. Do they have the five or six out yet? I don't know. Probably, <laughs> but um, you get a lot of um, pros and cons with those guns as well because Beretta and uh, the Winchesters are gas operated, where the Benellis are inertias. The inertia guns kick a fuckload more than the gas ones, and they're slower. Well, my Vinci's pretty nice mm -hmm. as far as recoil goes. However. I have I am having issues with it. What do you mean? It's not cycling. It might not be recoiling enough because um, if you look at a, a Benelli, they have a manufacturer recommendation of shooting three dram equivalent one and an ounce one and one eighth ounce loads. Inertia is completely based on it. it inertia means it's using the inertia right. of the recoil to cycle the round through. Now a gas gun is using the gas bleed off from the round itself to push pistons to operate the um to operate the bolt. So with that gas bleed off, you actually get quite a bit of recoil reduction and uh that gas is so forceful that it's making the bolt operate much faster than an, an inertia gun like a Benelli. From what I've heard with the Vinci's it's a common problem and you send it in, I don't know if they if it's a, a a manufacturer part or they modify some sort of part in there cuz it's not ejecting the shell all the way. So what is happening is it you shoot it, the shell doesn't come all the way out. It tries to chamber the next load, and you end up pushing that spent shell back into the chamber. Yeah. So what's happening there is you're not getting enough recoil. And uh, um, do you have a Super Vinci or a Vinci? Just a regular Vinci. Um, you might want to look up in look into shooting loads that recoil more. For example, like instead of ounce and a quarter, see if you can find ounce and three eighths. Because those Good look. The heavier the load, the more it's going to have pushback into your shoulder or getting your guns so clean that it's going to just be slippery enough. To well, and that's the thing. It's like it, it gets dirty. So dirty shells, definitely no bueno. So I used to I used to hunt uh, or before I got the Vinci, I was rocking an 870 mm -hmm. and I like Kent Silversteel. They shot, they pattern well out of it. You know, they were, I thought they were good, moderate value shell mm -hmm. shot well with them uh, so that's just what i always use and then when i got the vinci i continued to buy silver steel with it 
Vinci no likey. <laughs> like, oh, really? It gets really dirty really fast. Mm-hmm. And so when I start having issues with it, now the good thing about Vinci's is they break down in about three seconds. So I could field clean it, slap it back together. Who the fuck wants to do that, though? Yeah, no, nobody does. <laughs> so And you shouldn't have to. I mean, in, you know, three, four volleys go by smooth as can be, and then as soon as you get a little buildup in there, it starts doing it again. <clears throat> inertia, inertia guns are also super finicky about the type of oil they like. They like to have that very light oil, very slippery oil, some Astro Glide in there. Yeah, yeah. dog. <laughs> no, spit on it. Oh, dude. Uh, Benelli's absolutely fucking hate rem oil or anything that's a little bit thicker. So. Tacky. Just grabs that dust and dirt and grime and everything else. Yeah, what I do when I clean mine, I, it really likes that CLP from Walmart. The Benelli's do. So really? I'll have yeah, to check that out. Yeah, it really likes CLP. So I'll just take my components. And Is I'll, that a silicone? I think I asked you this before. It we is not, it. not that okay. I am aware of. It just means clean, lube, protect. Okay. So it's kind of like a cleaner and a luber in one. And so I'll take out my components and I'll just spray them the fuck down with that. And then I'll leave them for a couple hours. And then I come back and I just try to get every bit of oil that I can possibly Q-tip and and get it all off back to dry, slap the gun back together, and it yeah. works really well. I just clean my I'll look into the heavier loads, too. We'll see if that matters. But I do want to send it in. I've, you're... I've, I've heard – I've been on forums online, and they they say, yeah, mine was doing the same thing. I sent it in DaVinci. got it back. and never had a problem since. So I don't know if they're, like, filing off some little thing here or they're putting in a lighter spring or what they're doing, but they're making some sort of change. So obviously somewhere down the line there's a bad part or an engineering issue, and they know how to fix it. So Well, you're tall as shit, man. How much do you weigh? About 190. 190? God damn, you're skinny. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. That six, shouldn't, I wouldn't six, say. 6'4", 190. You know what? I haven't stepped on a scale. I, who, I could be 200, but I know I'm not over 200. Yeah, and um, some guys will have the problem with the uh, inertia guns that are going to have, like when they're getting up in the weight class, like 250 or something like that, those inertia guns don't push them hard enough anymore to cycle properly. Sure. So that, I've heard of that where the guns just are not recoiling enough for people to get them to work properly. Well, I know when those Vinci's came out, um, I think it was Tom Knapp. He was down in Argentina doing the the dove shoots. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they went through cases and cases and cases of shells, and I don't think they were shooting heavy loads for, for dove. Well, are you going to are you gonna put a guy on a... Well, that's true. Like a marketing tour that... <laughs> that <laughs> and then prob- say, oh, probably, these guns didn't work well yeah, down there. Yeah, they probably did modify it so that there's zero chance. You know what I have... I did think, like, maybe I, I should have got the Super Vinci. Not so much um, because I, I would never shoot three and a half, so I think that's pointless. But you, the chamber size is a little bit bigger, so less chance of a three not clearing. Maybe. But I got it now, and I'm not. I, I mean, I guess I could sell it and then just use They hold their value really well, so I could sell it and then just plop down a few hundred more bucks and get a Super Right, and the, the Berettas have like a uh, like going to the recoil stuff. That recoil reduction is amazing. What it'll do for your shooting with a gas gun, like a gas gun, uh, Beretta's got the best recoil re- reduction system ever made. And uh, uh, the Super X's, I mean, just by the um, just by that the fact that they're heavier, mm-hmm. they're gas operated. Imagine you have a gun that has zero recoil, like none whatsoever. Now, basically, you are just shooting like. Point, yeah, hold, hold your finger right. out like a gun. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. You could shoot 10 birds per second. It's the recoil that's making you 
Right. Slow down. Lose Have to re- your, Lose your sight acquisition. Yeah. The lower you can get your recoil to zero, the better you're going to shoot. End of story. I will say I, I, I don't feel recoil on that Vinci. Man. You are, though. I know I am, but I'm, like, so used to it. Like, it's but if it in w- the heat of the moment, I don't feel a damn thing. That's another thing you hear guys say a lot of, like, well, when, it, when it's go time, I don't feel the recoil. Okay, well, I, it, if I give you a gun that recoils zero, you're going to all of a sudden be like, holy fuck. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I know, allegedly... Uh, one of the selling points of the Vinci was this full speed, the lightest production, the lightest gun with the least amount of recoil. So it doesn't have the least amount of recoil. New but way. for its weight, it does. Probably. Um, but that's a problem with inertia guns. Well, inertia guns need the recoil to operate, plus they're so simply made. There's just no components to them, really. You got a bolt, a barrel, and a mm-hmm. forearm that kind of just holds it all together. Right. So they're so lightweight, you're getting additional recoil from the uh, how lightweight they are. And, uh, you know, there's more components in a gas gun that cre- makes them heavier. Their forearms are a little bulkier, that sort of thing. And they reduce the recoil. But the problem is they're a little bit finickier about cleaning. Like some of those inertia guns, if it's over 25, 30 degrees Fahrenheit, you're not going to have a jam like ever. I mean, if you got the right oil in there, I mean, you could damn near go a whole season without ever even cleaning your gun. It's just super, super reliable. What I found is like, until the temperatures become kind of brutally, mm-hmm. brutally cold, and then you're, if it, if you got a cleaning issue, it's going to rear its head yeah, on those cold mornings. Sure. But the gas guns are going to be a little bit more finicky when it comes to cleaning. Which, uh, t- you know, take all the pros and cons into consideration. Yeah. Do I want a lightweight gun? Do I want a gun that recoils less? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. You can't really have your cake and eat it too when it comes to shotguns. Yeah, and for me, the reason I settled on Vinci. Uh, was one thing and one thing only. When I was in the store, it shouldered so good. That's important. I mean, it all started one rainy day. I was working in uh, Fargo, and we got rained out by our construction job, and my buddy's like, let's go to Shields mm-hmm. and just look around. All right, so we go into Shields. and I mean, I, I literally shouldered every make and model shotgun they had there, all of them. I bet that employee loved you. Oh, they they just let us ride. Well, they weren't. I wasn't asking like, "Hey, can I see that?" It was the one they had all. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Behind a case or anything. I shouldn't say all of them because I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't shoulder like the upland, you know, over under. I was there for seven hours. We were there. We were there for like three, four hours. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have anything better to do. So I'd pick up these guns and I'd shoulder. You know, you just pick a mount on the wall or something, and you you know, Mm -hmm. take aim on it and. A lot, of them, a lot of them were great, but that Vinci, every time I put it up, it's like I never had to like adjust my head, or sometimes you had to like roll the shotgun to line the sights up there off just like a little bit. And then I'd find some other ones that fit me really good. The Super Black Eagles fit me good. Even the um, Berettas, a lot of those, those, those fit me pretty good. But out there was always one little, it seemed like there was a little adjustment I had to make here, there, and everywhere. And then I'd cycle back to the Vinci and had picked that thing up again. And it was like bam, 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 bam. I'm like, damn it, these things just they just fit me. They yeah. look weird, but I was like, they, they just, are a weird looking gun. Yeah, the I kind of think they look cool. Weird angle kind of thing to it, but yeah, I think they're cool though. Dude, they just fit. I mean, I, there was no denying it for me, right? Just how you know my biology or whatever. So I made up my mind right then and there. It's like, well, I can't afford fourteen hundred dollars at the moment, or sixteen hundred dollars, or whatever they were. I was like. When I can, that's the gun I'm going to get. And that's another reason I like the 20-gauge, too, is it is just a 
pointy little bitch. I mean, it comes right up. It's so the um the forearm's a little bit more slender. The frame itself's a little bit more slender, and uh, everybody who touches that thing is like, damn, this thing just kind of feels good. They pull shouldered a couple times. Like, damn, I like this twenty gauge. I mean, without exception, huh. people say that. I in me and Austin, uh, me and Austin DeLuna traveled to uh, Ontario together, and uh, he brought his. Uh, what did he have? A Browning of some kind or something, or Super X. And uh, he bought a 20-gauge M2 like the next week after we got back. And they actually, for me, I, I like to do a lot of traveling now and getting on planes with my shotgun. And it's ju it just packs easier. It's smaller. It's easier to pack. The ammo's smaller. The ammo's lighter. On a on an airplane, they don't limit you to how much ammo you can bring by the count. They limit you by the uh, weight. So I think it's like 11 pounds of ammunition. Oh, so you can take more 20-gauge shells. I can take more lighter. ammo. Yep, yep, yep. Hmm. So I actually get on it. Interesting. And you, you have to be in like a, one of those plastic boxes or the manufacturer's box. So I'll just get on a scale and get till I get that maximum amount of ammo I can have and uh, pack it up. But they don't uh, – it's not like they ever pull it out, you know. Like, right. Like how much ammo you got here? Is that under 11 pounds? <laughs> yeah. But I'm. But if they ever did. If they ever covered, did. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, I've just been – just convenience, convenience, pointability. I just love shooting that little 20 gauge. And now that I'm a smaller dude, it's worked out a lot. Um, but I will say people are also surprised on how much the 20 gauge recoils because it's the Benelli because it's so fucking lightweight. Sure. I mean, it, it throws some back in your shoulder. My brother shot it in Montana when we were out. I mean, Nebraska when we were out there. And uh, he was saying the same thing, like, holy fuck, I can't believe how much that thing kicks. <laughs> He's like, I'm, it's, it's right up there with my 12-gauge Vinci. Wow. And I was like, yeah, it's, not, it's, it's definitely less, but it's more than you would expect. But you get, like, a 20-gauge gas-operated Beretta, and you get it down to, like, pink, and the, the gas bolts operate so fast. Sometimes I've uh, shot, a, like, a gas gun. And I didn't even know if it re if it cycled or not. Like I thought it might have jammed, you know, just in that split mm -hmm. second after the shot. Because the Benelli's, you can feel the bolt. Like you can darn near see mm -hmm. it in your peripherals. Like schlink, schlink, the bolt closes. But the gas guns are so fast. Like clack, clack. Like did that cycle? <laughs> and and you get those guys shooting the like snow geese, like with a gas gun. Pop, 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 pop. Going into a flock, you can do it faster with a gas gun for sure. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. I think that's our show. I think that, and there it is. Did we cover all the shotgun styles? We didn't really cover pump versus, I mean, other than shooting. Yeah. I mean, with the pump, obviously, there's a whole other action there. So you're going to have to, like, re-get your sight picture each shot. I guess one thing that's not really gun-related that I wrote down on my little notes here was pellet speeds. Another thing that I personally never do is shoot pellets that go over 1,400 feet per second. And everybody's trying to get this race to the fastest pellet. Right. You know, 1550, 16.25. I think there's a hyperspeed that's in the 17 range. Speed shock. That sort of bullshit. Um, I don't like those pellets at all. Um, there is some evidence with uh, ballistics that you start to blow patterns yeah, out. when you're I've getting, seen that. I've read that. Yep, there is some of that evidence. But not only that, but you are really starting to push the pressure limits of what these guns are designed to handle. And I shoot a lot of ammunition. And um, some of these manufacturers... Are not getting their pel or their shot shells manufactured consistently. Heavy metal <laughs> <laughs> or heavy anything, <laughs> fucking dangerous shit, dude. And um, I think when we were already skirting that line, you don't. I had a gun blow up in my hands in New York. Really? Yep. 
and um, I, I just do not like uh, shooting pellets that are going that fast. And you start, I've done all the way down to 1290. I bought several cases of shells that were in the, that were, you know, the, on the box. It said 1,290 feet per second. Mm -hmm. Fuck, did I shoot good with those things. Because hmm. you start to get more recoil reduction out of slower pellets. The, the densities stay a little better. They stay a little bit more consistent. And it uh, doesn't ring your ears so bad. They're not so disorientating. And uh, they're not pushing the pressure limits of your actual shotgun. So, you know, if you buy a $1,600 gun, don't attempt to break it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want that thing, if I spend 1500 right. bucks, I want that thing to last until I'm giving it to my kid. Yeah, for sure. That I won't ever have, but that I won't. <laughs> some kid. And we're all grateful for that. <laughs> society is yes, grateful. Society thanks you. All right. There's your shotgun pellet, random talkness, uh, all things bang bang. All right. Later. This has been the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Hey, if you got some uh, waterfall lovers out there that you know and they're not aware of the Waterfall Wednesday or Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, let them know. Share it with your buddies. Keep it going around. Uh, don't forget, if you have a beard, if you're thinking about growing a beard, take care of that some bitch. Go to thebeardstruggle.com, put in code FULLSCALE15 at checkout, save yourself 15%. Thank you again for listening, whatever your passion, especially if it's waterfall, pursue it full scale. <laughs>